Turn over in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. My name is Marcel Hall. I had the honor and privilege of being able to serve in the full-time ministry here in the church and so grateful to be part of this church family. And I was asked earlier if I was married and if I have kids, and yes, I am married. Uh, my wife, Karina, and uh, she's leading our Heritage Project, which is really cool. If you guys don't know, what we're doing is we're having a two-year program where we're taking our fifth and sixth graders through the story of the Bible. And so they're getting the chance to uh, uh, interact and engage and know the Word of God in a very deep and profound way. And so she's leading that right now. But we have three kids, uh, 11, 9, and 3 years old. So yes, it is active. And so as we pray for one another, always, always pray for me, please. Because the Lord knows I need some prayer. You know what I'm saying? And if you know my kids, you know, oh yeah, we need to pray for the whole tribe. And so I love them to death, and they will lead to my death. But I love them. And so that is my family there. We've been here in Orange County, a part of the Orange County Fellowship now. It's going on six years, which is pretty, pretty crazy. And so we've been talking as a church, really honing in on some things that we already have in place, but we want to look at them from a, a, a different perspective and also dive really deep in how it applies to us collectively and individually. And it's just three principles there of belong, believe, and become. And so we've really had this phrase, this statement, to really guide us throughout the year, that when we truly know who we belong to, we will believe God's plans and purposes and will become who we were created to be. And so we started the year talking about what it means to belong to God. And so we thoroughly and slowly walked through many of the ramifications of what it means to belong to God. And so we're going to still be in this idea and this concept of belonging. But today we're going to be talking about belong to God's church. What does it mean to belong to God's church? Because if we belong to God, then we will also belong to his church. And so let's go ahead here. Let's get some discussion going on with the people around us. And I want us to answer this question. What does it mean to belong to God's church? So I'll give you a couple of minutes with those around you. Answer this question. What does it mean to belong to God's church? Okay. All right. Let's get a couple of people uh, briefly here to share. What, what comes to mind when you think of belonging to God's church? What does it mean to belong to God's church? So belonging to God's church means you're a part of this uh, multicultural, diverse group of people there. All right, not everybody looks like you. Okay, I, you know what I noticed that the first day I came to Orange County and I preached that, uh, man, I'm the only one who's so underdressed. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I realized that, that you guys, I'm just playing obviously, but I'm the only one that comes suited and booted. All right, but that's okay. It's all right. All right, here we go. All right, Mr. Barber, go ahead. Have the same truth in place. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. Yes, sir. So to belong to God's church means you belong to a spiritual family. Yeah, yes, uh, Mr. Turner. It means you actively participate in God's church. Okay, awesome. All right. So we're going to be looking at several of the things that you guys mentioned and maybe some more over the next couple of weeks here. But the very first thing we need to do, if we're going to talk about what does it mean to belong to God's church, we need to make sure that we define what church is. Because if we don't understand that concept, then we're going to be way off for ourselves, but even collectively, and there's going to be a problem. Would you agree with that? And so we need to make sure that we understand what church is. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is what is the church? If we're going to belong to God's church. Let's talk about what is God's church. And so let's go ahead and let's dive into this some more. Is this 
what church is. Is church a nice building? Is church this? Is it, is it, is it worship? Is church this? Is it, is it uh, uh, 10 a.m.? Is, is it online? Is it, is it a particular time and location? Is church this? Some potlucks. You know, church folks love church potlucks. Is that church? Rusty would tell us that church is camping. Is that what church is? Yes and no. And so let's talk about what church is. And so let's go ahead to the first time that church is mentioned in the New Testament with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All right. So going over, you guys are in Matthew 16, right? Some of you were, some of you weren't. Okay, Matthew 16. Let's go ahead and let's read this here. Matthew 16, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, oh, not Jesus speaking here, we'll read it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, to others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. These were uh, uh, prophets and men of God, of men of faith. So they're like, hey, you're probably like one of those guys. But what about you, he asked. He's talking to his followers. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter, which is one of Jesus' uh, best friends there, one of his, you know, top guys. He answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, Peter's name means rock. And so Jesus is so cool here. I think Jesus was the first rapper. Facts, there you go, right? He went to fishermen. I was like, I want to make you fishers of men. Oh, watch out now. He said, your name means rock, and I'm going to build my church on this rock. Come on, Jesus. There you go. Come on. He relates to you in any form or fashion. All right, here we go. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, symbolism of death, of hell, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let's stop right there. Jesus says, I will build my church. Now think about this for a second. When he said that statement right there, did everybody think a building? No, they didn't think a building. Did everybody think 10 a.m. on Sundays? Of course not. Were they thinking a cool worship band? No. I'm not saying that we don't have a cool worship band. Who has been rocking lately, hasn't they? So what did he have in mind? And so we have to understand that our modern version and concept of church could be potentially off. And I know many of us in here, we studied out what the church is, but it's important that we understand or re-understand or realign ourselves with the biblical godly concept of what church is. And he says, I will build my church. And so let's, let's break this down some here. What is the church? This word, the, the English Bible that we have is actually translated from Greek. And so the, the original manuscripts were written in, in Kone Greek. And so the word that's used for church is this word, ecclesia. Can you guys say that? Ecclesia, right? And so that's the Greek word. And so this actually comes from the verb meaning to call out from. So that was the root word, to call out from. 
And so ecclesia at this time, it wasn't a term that was just used for church. This was actually a term in which we'll see over time has developed. But it was really just a group called out from their home that meets together for various political, religious, and civic purposes. Basically an assembly or a congregation. Now the Greek is ecclesia. But the Hebrew, which we have the Old Testament, that's where we have this word called kahal. Can you say that? Kahal. And I think I said it correctly. So if you you misspoke, that's okay. Just blame me. All right. And so this word, so when they translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, the Greek word they used ecclesia was for this word right here. And so they had the same meaning, the same understanding, and it was this. It was an assembly, a convocation, or a congregation. So when God's people got together, it was the kahal. And then by the time now that we get to the New Testament, by the time really we get to Jesus and his followers afterwards, the term starts to evolve and means something different. It's not just the gathering, but it's this. The church is the group of people who have been called out of the world to God. And so it's become more than just when the people of God get together. It is the people of God who have been called out of the world and called to God and his purposes. And so this is the church. And so what does that mean? That means that the church is the people, not a building, not a time, and for sure not a nonprofit organization. The church isn't just Sundays. The church meets on Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays, whenever we want to decide to get together. The church is not a time. It's not a nonprofit organization just doing some good things in the community. It is God's people. And so what does that mean for us? It means this. The church, it's really about what you are a part of, not what you attend. The church is what you are a part of, not what you attend. Let's go ahead and let's think about this again. Jesus says, hey, guys, hey, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. He's building God's people, not building a Building, not building a time, a nonprofit organization. You guys get what I'm saying? And so Jesus was building, and that calls for us to make sure, are we building God's church? But Jesus wasn't referring to anything. He's talking about building God's people, his kingdom on earth. God's people would answer the call to come out of the world to reflect God's character and nature and live in accordance with his will as a testimony to all creation so that they too would come and be a part of his church. And so let's look at this real quickly here. The church we know is some, I think Brian Lapel said, it is the family of God. And many of us know these passages, but let's look at them again so that we can, again, realign ourselves with what the church is. Ephesians 2, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. This is a letter written to the church that met in Ephesus, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Paul, writing to his protege, Timothy, says, If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is what? The church of the living God, the pillar and foundation 
of the truth. There's that truth that Kenny was referring to. Let's continue. Galatians 3, 26. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Galatians 6, 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Again, the church is the people, it's the family of God. The church is also the body of Christ. And look what he means and what he says in Romans 12. This is Paul writing to the church that was in Rome, and he says this. For just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Over in Corinthians, it says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Let's keep going. Ephesians 1 says, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his what? Body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Ephesians 5, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his what? Body, of which he is the Savior. Over in Colossians 1, and he is the head, talking about Jesus. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Now I rejoice In what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. Is the church a gathering? That's clearly not what was being taught and what was explained and what was being elaborated and developed. The church was the people, it was the family of believers, it was the body of Christ. And so we have to make sure we understand here that there's, there's a couple things where we understand this idea of the church because in Scripture it says that there's only one body, meaning there's only one church. We say, well, we have hundreds and millions of thousands of churches there. Well, we'll talk about that at another time. But what we're seeing here, what scholars call the universal church, and that's all true followers of Christ all across the globe are part of God's universal church. I'll let the theologians debate on uh, past and present, but it means all of God's people. And then the local church is basically the smaller group of the bigger body of Christ. So we think about this. It's the local chapter of the universal body of Christ. You guys get what I'm saying here? And so we have the universal church, which is beyond the seas. Most people, you and I would never meet until we meet eternity, but... Then we have our local church. It's not separate. It's not a different part. It's part of God's universal church. And so, again, we see here the church is not a building, not a time. It's the people of God. So let's go back on over to what Jesus said here back in Matthew 16. Church, are you still with me? He says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Woo, did you hear that? Whose church is it? Jesus' church. He didn't say, I will build a church. I will build many churches. I will build my church. And so who is the head of the church? 
Jesus, we see it here. He's establishing it. And we saw even in all those scriptures how it talks about Jesus. Hey, he's the head. He's the center. He's the head honcho. He's the CEO. He's the founder. Or you can argue the co-founder of the church. And so Jesus is the head and leader of the church. No man or no group of men and women are the leaders of the church. You say, well, we have leaders of the church. Yes, we do, but that's just like uh, lower level management. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody is thinking the manager at Amazon like, yeah, I got this. This is my company. No, this is Bezos' company. You guys get what I'm saying? And so, yes, God has instituted and ordained for there to be leadership, but the leader of his universal and his local church is Jesus. And that should all give us some comforts. That should all help us, again, have a different perspective at the church. Jesus is the head. And if you belong to God's church, then that means Jesus is your leader. So here's the question then. Are you living like Jesus is your leader? Are you living like Jesus is the head of the church that you belong to? Are you submitting to his rules and teachings? You know, we see it over in Ephesians 2. We're supposed to be based on Jesus. It says the church, hey, it's God's family, all these good things. The foundations are the writings of the scriptures. But Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. And so those who are coming and are part of this family, we are supposed to be following the head, which is Jesus. So again, I ask, are you living like Jesus is your leader? You know, an indicator that can help us is our daily decisions. Making daily decisions based on a teaching or a reference of Jesus and the Bible. If most of our decisions, if most of your decisions are based on how you feel, then let me tell you something. Jesus is not your leader. If most of your daily decisions are based on how you feel, what your opinion is, then Jesus is not the leader of your life. He's not the leader of your church. You see, if most decisions are made without a verse, godly advice, prayer, then you're living like you don't belong to God's church. And I have to be honest, I'm afraid that some of us are living like this today. That we might attend church gatherings, but we're not actively participating in church life by submitting to Jesus as the leader and ruler of our lives. Our relationships, they're based on opinions and feelings. Here's what I think, here's what I feel, so therefore that's what I do. Sundays or, or, or other times that the church meets is the only time which we submit to a godly view. Other times I have my own worldview. And we might not consciously say it, but it's evident in our decision making. Church, are you with me here? Financially, some of us, we give very little, not in keeping with our income, or even nothing to God and his work being done through the church. So we, again, we might attend a church gathering, but that doesn't mean we're truly being part of God's church. Today, God is calling you, if that is you, back home. It's not a time to go, oh, let me sulk and be sad and discouraged, or let me be mad and upset at this guy who said this to me. No, it's time to reflect and go, you know what? That's me right now, but I didn't want that when I said Jesus is Lord. I don't want that now, so let me just make a decision to be realigned 
with Jesus being the leader of my church, being a leader of my life. And so I want to encourage you that if that is you today, to make a decision to belong again in God's church. And if you need help, be honest and seek that help today. Amen. And so what I believe is, okay, if we belong to God, it means we belong to God's church. Jesus is the leader of the church. Then that means you and I, how can we respond to this? I believe it's simple. simple. We have to make sure we update our view. Many of us have programs, phones, whatever, and we're constantly having to update stuff, don't we? We get some says you need to update. Some of us, we know these things, but we need an update in our view of God's church. We need to make sure it's aligned with Jesus. So let me ask you this. How did Jesus view his church? Is that your view of his church? Is your view of the church local and universal? Is it the same as the head's view of the church, universal and local? Do you view the church as the body of Christ, the spiritual family, or have you reduced it to something else? You know, the pandemic revealed, or I think maybe even led, many to viewing church as something you attend rather than something you're a part of. Can we keep it 150 up in here? Some of us, this was maybe already our view. It's already been reduced to something that I attend. So when the pandemic hit, that was revealed. For some of us, we didn't view it that way, but because of the circumstances, it became that. I watch church. I watch church? Think about that. And I get what we're saying. I watch the service. I totally get it. But when Jesus says, I will build my church, do you think he was saying, I can't wait to 2022 when everybody will watch a service online? But look, I know we have some people and we have some today that need to be online for health reasons. I, that, we're not talking about all that, okay? Disregard that. Don't allow your pride to, 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 to confuse what's being said. We're talking about our view of church. If we view it as just something I watch, then you have missed the point. This is not something that you and I attend. It's something that we are part of. It's something that we give to and receive from. It's something that we help build up. How can I do that if I don't show up to my small group? How can I do that if I don't go to midweek service? I don't go to the devotion on Friday. If I don't even go on Sunday, if I don't even meet up with anybody. You see, we have to make sure we update our view of the church. And so let's go ahead. Let me ask you this. Our view of the church means, okay, Jesus is the head. That means that all of his people, that's his people. How do you view the church? Are they your church friends? Are they people that you go to church with? Think about that statement. Oh, that's Johnny. Yeah, we go to church together. Is that how Jesus, is that what he had in mind as he was building his church? That we would view each other as fellow congregants? People that we go to church with, we give a head nod? You know, we have to make sure. That we are, we actually had this Bible study. My boy, my boy Charlie's in the house. Come on, Charlie. There you go. That's my boy right there. All right. And so we were talking, we were studying out the Bible, and we're looking at this idea, this concept of the church. And so we get there, and Charlie's like, we say, hey, Charlie, so what does this mean? He goes, well, well, well yeah, I need, to, I need to view people like this. He goes, and we, we said, okay, but what, what does that mean? He goes, I need to have each other's backs. And I say, you got it. He said, if I view people as my brother and my sister, then I'm going to have their back. 
They're not going to be somebody I don't know, somebody I give a head nod to, somebody I just go to church with. I have their back. And they have mine. And Charlie, I'm waiting for you to have my back and help me put some things together in my house too. So, again, what is your view of the local church? Are you critical of the local church? Oh, yeah, I got a lot of amens until we said that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, get, let's get 150 again up in here. Some of us are very critical of the church. So as Jesus is building his church, did he want his people to be critical of the church? There's a difference between being critical and looking and sharing some observations of what is good and what needs help. But there's a big difference. Some of us think we're doing this and all we're doing is doing this. All we're doing is being critical. We're critical of our small group. We're critical of the ministry. We're critical of the song leaders. We're critical of Marcel. I don't like his preaching. I wish somebody else would preach. That's fine and dandy. But if your view is critical, then you need to update your view of the church. We need to make sure that we view it the way Jesus, Jesus thought so highly of what he was building that guess what he did? He died for it. He died for individuals and he died for it collectively. And he said, hey guys, guess what you're supposed to do? Love each other. And don't love each other the way you think, the way you feel. Love each other the way I have loved you. John 13, 34, and 35. You can go ahead and write that one down. And so we need to make sure that we have the view that Jesus has and we have the actions to follow up. And so I know we got a lot of amens, but every single one of us need to have some self-reflection right now. Because I know I can be as critical as anybody else. In my view, I can, you know, I get into a lot of meetings, and unfortunately, uh, I don't like a lot of meetings, but I have to go to a lot of meetings. And I get into meetings, and I get in these meetings with other leaders across locally and all across, uh, uh, sometimes Southern California, all L.A. and the Pacific Southwest, or even the world sometimes. And, and I can get in there, and I can walk away with such a worldly, critical perspective. And I start viewing, instead of, hey, Jesus is leading us here. I need to decipher what he's doing. I think... Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it that way. I think, eh, this guy's cool, but I walk away like, man, I don't agree with these decisions that they're making as opposed to what we are making. And I might not even agree with it, and that's totally fine. But my view is worldly and critical and not godly. Can you relate to that? And so this isn't a, okay, hey, let's just, let's just laugh and joke. We're all, we're all critical. It's time to repent. It's time to help each other. Hey, you know what, brother and sister, can, can I help you? I understand what you're saying, but can we talk? There's something at the core that seems to be off. The way you refer to that brother or sister, you refer to them by them, they, instead of we and us. This is a we and us thing. So if one part isn't good, we all have a problem. Do you guys get what I'm saying? 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Go ahead and write that one down. And so, brothers and sisters, it's time, and I'm so encouraged myself to again realign, reevaluate my view of God's people and his church. Let's get real practical here. Okay, all right. Let's go ahead. Number one here, reflect on your view of God's church. This week, take a day, maybe seven days. Maybe do it every day of the week here. But do it at no less than one day this week. Reflect. What is your view of the church? Does it align with Jesus' view? Or has it again been reduced to something else? Examine, am I critical? Do I have a critical view of people? And if so, what am I doing about this? 
Am I contributing to more criticalness or am I contributing to being a peacemaker? That's what Jesus says in Matthew 5. And so, again, let's reflect. And if there's things that, that God reveals, then let's do something about it. And then secondly, let's go ahead and let's do this. Let's pray for the church. Pray for the church locally, our congregation, the greater Orange County, the greater L.A., but God's universal church as well. Praying for it every day. I know when I pray for people, my heart, my criticalness is different. And I view them, hopefully, in a way in which God views them as well. And so as we close here, the church or the ecclesia is, or ecclesia is the people, not a building. It's the family of God. It's the body of Christ. Church is what we are part of and not what we attend. Jesus is the head of the church. So let's update our view of God's church. Let's close out in Matthew 16. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. May we remember and appreciate what the Iglesia is. Thank you. Amen.